So good morning, everybody. Um, usually these uh, sessions will be host were hosted by uh, Gert-Jan. Um, Gert-Jan uh, gave me a call last night. He said, oh, Marjan is way too important uh, for me to interview. So I have to hand it off to, uh, to you, Danny. And um, that's why you see my, uh, my face this morning, uh, guys. So welcome all to the uh, Ask Me Anything session with uh, Marjan Lasset. Very happy to see that you've all joined us. And I'm also happy that we have Marjan in the hot seat today. Um, now, when I uh, thought about Marjan this morning, uh, I went and looked on, uh, on her profile on LinkedIn. And I found out that we have the most shared connections, almost 500. So um, I think we run in the same circle. So we've done that for a very long time already. Um, and going over the, the, the profile, I, I saw that we also have a lot of, of course, uh, Asian people that we, that we uh, both know. Um, if I, if I um, and I have to add people to the conversation all the time. So sometimes I might stumble a little bit. Um, but I also noticed that uh, even though you've been working in uh, the maritime industry for 16 years, uh, that was not where you started. In fact, you, you worked for 20 years before you entered the maritime field um, in the hotel business. Correct. And, long time. Um, yeah, long time. Hilton, I saw, uh, and um, Bankting. Um, so maybe we can start there. I mean, it sounds like an interesting career in, in, in and of itself. Um, so um, let's let's elaborate a little bit on that. How, how did you uh, uh, get started in the hotel business, uh, Marjan? Yeah, okay. Thanks. First of all, uh, good morning, everybody. It's uh, nice to be here. And thanks for having me here in this Ask Me Anything session, of course. Very proud to be here. Um, yes, correct. I did the hotel uh, school. Um, and then I started in, I think, 1984 with the Hilton Hotel in Rotterdam. And by that time, it was the most, uh, I think, uh, fashionable hotel in, in Rotterdam, only five-star hotel. So what I did and what we did in the hotel was all the important, uh, well, let's say singers who were uh, per uh, performing in the Ahoy by that time. So I saw many, many, many people. And uh, I even did the, the, the dinner of Claudia Schiffer and David Koppelfeet. So uh, we had all the big teams uh, from Napoli, uh, all the soccer teams. So uh, I had a fantastic time. I did all the after parties of the uh, Gloria Estefan and the Miami Sound Machine uh, band. So uh, good, very good memories. Uh, I saw everybody passing by, even the Michael Jackson. So that was a, was a fun time. And I did that till I think 2002. So that was 18 years. And I did just quit. I was, I was fed up. So I just walked away and I, I went home and I said to my dad, dad, I quit. He said, I'm very proud of you because he did the same time, <laughs> the same thing when he was younger. And he, but he took, a, he took a nice uh, birthday cake or a cake. I said, dad, I did not bring any cake, but I just quit. He said, I'm very proud of you. So after that, I did uh, two years of uh, NH Hotels in Zoetermeer. And that's where I met also uh, Sandra. Sandra was uh, by that time the front office manager and I was uh, a duty manager and uh, bar manager. And so all the F&B uh, items. 
So, um, yeah, and after two years I left because I remember uh, one day my dad called me and he said, uh, export manager uh, function is uh, vacant at uh, HME, Holland Marine Equipment. Um, maybe I can tell a little bit because my dad is one of the founders of nowadays NMT. It used to be Holland Marine Equipment, HME. And he started in 1986 with eight companies and now we have over 400 companies. So he called me and he said, yes, is that not something for you? Export manager Asia said, dad, I have nothing with Maritime. But he had his own company in Maritime, of course. And he had a company called Nauti Servo with all anchor winches, hydraulic, uh, pneumatic, but I was not interested in that. So, uh, so he said, well, just go to Martin Bloom. By that time, managing director of Holland Marine Equipment. I said, okay, dad, I, I will go and I will talk. And I remember when I was there, uh, there were 28 people for the job. And uh, I came home, I said, forget it. Tomorrow I will go to the hotel again. And uh, well, But then Lisa called me. She was the assistant of uh, Martin Bloom. And they, yeah, yeah, they want to have you for another uh, talk. Finally, I end up and uh, I got the job. I had a very difficult first half year because uh, I've only been swimming because I came from the hotel management where you take people uh, by the hand for six months and then you send them in the field. I've been struggling for six months. So I told him, he said, well, you know, that's for the hardies. That's for the, eh? if you are a softy, then you will quit, but you, so I will give you a full contract and a salary raise and uh, well, We've been 16 years further and I'm still there. <laughs> and in the meantime, I did three years uh, for the office in Singapore. Yeah, we, 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 I'm definitely going to touch back on that uh, yeah. Singapore time. Uh, but I, I wanted to take a little step back and, and uh, because you mentioned your father, of course, uh, I'd written down uh, that I needed to ask you about your father because, well, let's face it, he is one of the, uh, the mainstays of the Dutch maritime industry. Um, I can imagine that it's, uh, well, I, I know your bond with him is, is extremely tight and um, it was with both your parents. Um, and now, uh, of course, your father is uh, retired. Uh, um, well, how? not really retired. He still has a company. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Yeah. Um, 80, almost 89, but he still has a company. So I'm very yeah. proud of him. Yeah. and, and um, What's it like um, spending such a long time of your career in, in uh, the company of your of your father? Well, I must say in the beginning, it was very difficult for me. And uh, I know that I bullied him all the time. I said, Dad, why did you bring me here? Because the first few months were really terrible. So I scolded him and everything. And then he said, well, then you better quit. I said, no. But then my own projects were coming around. Yeah, I went to Vietnam, I went to Singapore, Malaysia, which is, feels like my second home. Yeah, that's, that's, that place is for me my second home. I can breathe there. If I touch down in Singapore, then I think ah, home again. And every time when I did the project in Singapore and I went home back to the Netherlands, actually, I didn't want to take the plane back home. So I said, Dad, I think there's something wrong with me. Every time when I want to go, when I'm flying back to the Netherlands, I don't want to go home. That's crazy, right? He said, no, you're infected with the same disease like me. <laughs> so go there. So, and then the opportunity came, of course. So, uh, but um, yeah. yeah, I feel, I feel uh, very good at that, uh, at that place. And uh, I still like my job and I love my job. Uh, so uh, yeah, 
very fortunate to uh, to be within the maritime industry. Yeah, because I, well, everybody here, uh, or at least the people that know you, know that you have a, a love for Asia um, and uh, Singapore specifically. Um, but do you know what what it was uh, that that got you bitten by that Asia bug, or is it just something that grew naturally over time? Well, actually, also in the beginning, I've been in in that area, of course, because I used to work for Hilton. And by that time, they had all for the personal stuff. You could um, stay at a Hilton per night for 25 guilder. It was by that time still. So I always took the whole family, and for one for 100 guilder, <laughs> inclusive of breakfast, we stayed in different hotels in that area. So we traveled a lot there. But uh, yeah, it's it's just like feeling coming like like home. I mean touchdown when I go to the hotel or when I go to my own house there I put on my shorts and my flip-flops and I go walk about and go to Chinatown and it's the the whole yeah um, area and it's really so it's it's so different than than from here from the Netherlands so I really like to spend a lot of time also in Malaysia where I also uh, am living a, a lot of uh, well, staying a lot of uh, months uh, per year so uh, yes, it's um, for me. Uh, yeah, let, let's let's say a second home. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it also was your first home for a while when uh, you actually had the office in Singapore. Um, that must have been like a dream come true when you actually went there and and set up uh, the NMT office in in, uh, in Singapore. Yeah, that's the, that was the HME office. But I must say, there Gert Jan, of course, Gert Jan Huizing. Owner and founder of Lisa, he was my partner. I mean, he was my buddy. He said, Mian, because I went to him when I was still working for HME, and I said, Gretjan, uh, many Dutch companies don't have an, uh, a representation there or an agent in Singapore. We have to do something. He said, Okay, what do you uh, what do you suggest? Uh, I say, Well, I think we we need to have an office there so that I can represent it uh, or that that we can do something. He said, Okay. I join you. Uh, first of all, you'd make some uh, choices where we go. He went to, with me to Kuala Lumpur. We went to Singapore. And finally, okay, he said Singapore it is because that's the maritime hub, right? And by that time, it was still flourishing. It was good. It was really good. So um, when we uh, started with that, so I'm still very uh, proud and honored that I could do this. Huh? I mean, Gert-Jan was also the initiator of this. I say, Mian, if you think we have to do this, we do this. So we started and uh, next to the normal job I have with organizing all the trade missions and the trade uh, shows, huh? um, I also represented 15 companies for Netherlands companies. And one of them also was uh, Antoinette Willemsen, CSI Control System. So maybe she can maybe later say something about it. But for me, that was a very, very um, well challenging time, of course, because it was the first time I was a general manager. I had to set up the offers. I had to do uh, visits every day, went to shipyards, went to ship owners, make reports. And in the meantime, also doing my projects. So actually, I was a Singaporean myself, because when I started, I said, no way I'm going to do it Singapore style. I'm not going to bloody work 16 hours a day, but you get sucked into this. So by the end, I worked, I worked 16 hours a day. 
And in the weekend, sometimes I thought, forget it. So I went to do grocery shopping and then I spent the day at the poolside or I went to Sentosa Island or I go, go for a beach walk. But that was my, wow. those three years, they were gone within, uh, I mean, it was only, it looked for me only like three months. But yeah. I learned so much then, Danny. I learned so much. I have a huge network because I went to the ship owners. I went to the shipyards. So many people, you know, also from Malaysia and from Indonesia, Vietnam. So for me, that was a very, very, well, great and fantastic uh, period. A lot of learning, of course. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so uh, I, I'm very enthusiastic about this. And yeah, my dad he... told me, he said, if there's a train coming by, passing by, you have to catch it. Catch, catch it and go on it. Because otherwise, later on, you think, shit. Why didn't I jump on that train? If I have not yeah. done that, then I don't know what happened. So I'm much broader and wider in this case. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, we all know Hank. Hank was a major train catcher. I think he caught every train that came in his path. So it's a good guy to learn from. Um, you touched a little bit upon the uh, Singaporean uh, lifestyle, uh, the, the heavy focus on work and uh, sometimes lack of private life. Um, is that something you see as sustainable for the future? Well, I think in Singapore, I remember when I was living there, there was a, a television program about how pro, uh, productive uh, European people are versus the Singaporean people. <laughs> and well, it found out, of course, that the people in Europe are much more productive because in Singapore, everybody takes their time. When they go for a lunch, they take a buffet or a hot meal. If I take a hot meal, then you can forget me after the lunch because I want to sleep. Huh? I'm, I'm flat. The same is in the afternoon. Uh, they say, okay, we go to have a drink and we do some dinner. And they do, well, they stay away for about three hours and then they go back to the office again. That's not productive. I want to work from in the morning. I started at 10 and I still work till nine in the evening, sometimes till eight when I was lucky. But that's the difference. Uh, we, they move everything forward and say, oh, we, st we still have some hours to, to go. Uh, we just take a, a sandwich and I go walk and go back to the office and start again. No way. If I take a hot meal in the afternoon, you can forget me. I'm sleeping. Yeah. So okay. that's the that's the difference of lifestyle. But uh, yeah, still... it's probably also a tropical thing. Yeah, of course, it's also yeah. very hot. Yeah? So that means that is also very tiring, very tiring. Sometimes yeah, I, I, I walked home from my office. Then I walked all the way through Chinatown to back to my apartment, and then I was really soaking wet for half an hour, eh? half an hour. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, let me open the floor up because I don't want to be the only one asking you all these questions. Uh, everybody here, this is an Ask Me Anything session, so uh, feel free to jump in and ask questions uh, for Mayan. It was interesting to uh, to see. Marian talking about you know Asia of course Asia uh, as uh, Marian explained is a part of Asia you know, we have that's uh, East Asia that you know, you're talking about and we have also West Asia 
uh, India, Pakistan, and also going to uh, to the east. So that might be different, but uh, it's an interesting experience of uh, the means or the ways of living, working. And uh, do you have the same idea regarding the West Asia? You want uh, to have an honest question from my side? <laughs> my colleague is already laughing, Sandra. Um, I think, yes, there's a difference because I've also doing shows in India and that's of course uh, different uh, than in, in Singapore, in Malaysia. India, when I came there the first time, I was really shocked to see huh, uh, when we arrived at the Mumbai airport and then the drive with the taxi through the city towards the hotel. And of course, we always as Western people have a nice uh, hotel but so many poverty along the road and, and so many people living uh, under the bridges. That was very, well, shocking to see actually, because uh, that was my first time with my first uh, appearance in, in, in India and, and to see this all. So um, I can't say if it's now already improved because I've not been there, I think since five years because I stopped with the IMAX India shows because there was not much, um, well, uh, most of our people did, were not interested in, in doing the show anymore. It was always doing um, business with India was very difficult. Uh, if you already got the order, then I heard that a lot of paperwork and still uh, trying to uh, uh, trying to, to, to get something of the mm -hmm. price. So, so I've not been there for since, but of course for me, the experience was great with all the tuk-tuks and all these uh, small cars and it's, it's, it's very chaotic. Yeah? And so, um, yeah, to have seen that, I'm very privileged, but it, it's different from, let's say, uh, Singapore and, and, and also Malaysia. If I can pick up uh, from what you said, uh, your trade promotion manager is uh, as a trade pro uh, promotion manager, what are the do's and don'ts uh, in trade with uh, East Asia, in fact? Well, you have to take and, and uh, learn some rules. I mean, in the beginning, uh, uh, when you hand over your name card, you have to do that with both hands, not do it like this. Or, uh, and when you receive a card back from, uh, from a high level person, you should first uh, attend to the older, so the senior manager, and then uh, then the then the, the younger people, and look at the name card for a long time. If you just don't look at it and you put it in your shirt, then then you are already doomed to do business with them. So, and of course, the building up a relationship is very very important. I think I needed three years to do that, uh, but if you finally have a relation, then it's for lifetime. But it takes a long time to have uh, have good relations, and I think in that area it's not uh, what you know, but who you know. I mean, I'm doing a lot of uh, sessions now for uh, on, on the Lisa community uh, uh, because I, I, I discussed this all, all with uh, Gertjan. Uh, I did a session from uh, with a, a professor from South Korea. I did a, a one with my good friend from. From Malaysia, Nasri Khalid, who is uh, has a, a function uh, at uh, Bostad, so the naval yard. Um, I did um, a session on CIMC raffles in Yantai with uh, Cheng Ao. And yesterday, I, together with the embassy uh, of Bangladesh here in the Netherlands, 
I did a session on the on Bangladesh with the three shipyards, Western Marine, Kuma, and Karnafuli. So every month I try to do something, especially for our members, of course, because uh, you can't fly anywhere to do uh, to make contact on an, uh, well, let's say, uh, exhibition or a trade mission. So uh, we're doing a lot for our members. But for me, it's also fun, and for me, it's also a little bit easier because I have a lot of contact. So uh, that that's uh, the positive thing uh, of being. Uh, in Singapore for three years and traveling around a lot. Uh, and uh, I, I have another uh, point or question and after that I shut up. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, now that you know, we have the China, China rising in the horizon of the uh, everything in, the, in fact, including business and things in, in the Far East. Uh, how do you see the new situation or how you will see this new situation in the new uh, in the years to come uh, the balance of uh, power the balance of relations and also the relationship that china has with uh, countries in that region what differences do you see and um, with respect also the effects and implications for uh, europe in terms of also maritime industries well i think Actually, there's not much changed. I mean, China always has been there, eh? has been a big country, and of course, uh, also in the maritime industry. Uh, the problem is that, of course, uh, uh, in the beginning, people were copying, uh, copycats, uh, but that's also happening, I think, in Europe. Um, but I think you don't need to, you don't have to fight against them. You have to work with them. Uh, uh, if you fight, uh, to them, then you can forget the business. So you have to be, you have to be clever. And I always say you have to um, go from your own strength, believe in yourself, see what you can do. If you find a good partner, then you, you can do a good business. If you're fighting against them, then they will block you. Then everything will go wrong. And I've been there for, for many, many years. And sometimes I'm really arguing with when I have to set up something or uh, at the exhibitions, and uh, they moved my whole uh, piping system for the for my for my water for my tap, and then I had to pay some extra because they did it wrong. So I had to fight and I had to shout, and I ended up paying even more. So I thought, okay, that's not the good <laughs> that's not the good uh, way to follow. So actually, you have to be very polite, and you have to be. Uh, thinking differently. Even if you are very furious, you just have to stay nice and talk to them and appreciate them. And that's the way to go forward. And as said, you have to, you have to, to go from your own strength. The Netherlands, uh, for instance, have much, much to, to, uh, to sell there and to do. If you are very clever and you, you find a good agent or do a joint venture with another company, then you can do business. But I think that's everywhere. That's also in Singapore, that's in Malaysia, Indonesia, it's a little bit more difficult because everybody wants to be your agent. Thousand people wants to be your agent. They want to sell everything. I've seen it also in Singapore when I was there. When I started uh, promoting my own company, Singapore HME, eh? Holland, Holland Marine uh, Equipment Singapore. Um, then within one hour I had 15 companies and I didn't understand because most of those 15 companies had agents in Singapore. But later on, I found out that all those agents were only going to those companies where they got the most commission. 
So they left everything behind. When I went to some companies and say, yeah, you, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the representative of this company. They said, oh, never heard of that company. I said, oh, that's strange because this gentleman is the agent of, I said, I said I've never seen him here. So then I <laughs> discussed this with the guy here in the Netherlands and he sacked the guy because I gave him all information and the guy did not do anything. He only went to one company where he got a lot of commission. Yeah, and, and so it was the same when Antoinette uh, was also uh, doing uh, ex exhibiting in, uh, in uh, Singapore. And she said, Mian, go to, that, uh, go to that booth and see if I'm still in that booth. Well, she was there, but she was hanging there with a very small uh, paper somewhere below where you could not see it. So when you're there, then you can see it and then you notice how, how, it's, how it works. But if you are here in the Netherlands, you don't have a clue about this. So uh, it's sometimes it's, uh, yeah, <laughs> you're getting uh, old new ideas and how they're working. And uh, so I, I learned a lot uh, of those three years in Singapore. I can say that. Yeah. Do you think, uh, Marjan, uh, thank you, Hassan, for those excellent questions. Uh, do, do you think that um, now that you're no longer in Singapore, um, the cooperation has deteriorated? Um, well, I think a lot of changed also, of course, Danny, because the last, when I left in 2015, then of course it already went down a little bit. And now with the COVID situation, it's even worse. Uh, of course, some, some of them are coming up, but it's still very difficult. So everybody's struggling. Everybody wants to, to do business. And now nobody can still, uh, with all the, all the borders shut and closed, Nobody can do anything, yeah. so it's it's very difficult. Would would have uh, had feet on the ground in in Singapore helped out? Do you think, or would it still have been a struggle? Um, maybe it would have helped out a little bit, but it would still be a struggle because if there's no business, there's no business. And considering, course, uh, if you really want to do business there, you have to be there. You have to be there, and that's what I also see. Uh, I. I also do Antoinette now as example. She she is traveling a lot. Uh, more people from uh, from our NMT members are traveling a lot normally to Asia. They go three, four, five times a year. Show your face all the time, every time. Also, not only in good times but also in bad times, and that is very important. Yeah. I remember I went to Korea a few years ago with only two companies. I went to rule my my managing director. I said I have to go there. If I'm not going, Netherlands is dead. We are dead meat. We are not there anymore. I have to go. So he let me go. So that was in good times and in bad times. The next time when I went, I had 10 companies again. But he did not believe me first. He said, no, no, we're not going anymore. Yeah. It says that the, uh, the anti-cyclical uh, uh, approach. Yeah. So, yeah. Most of this... the people here in the Netherlands, they only look here around this area. But if Asia is so different, I, ca I cannot tell you enough, it's so different. So you have to build up uh, a relation and then you can do business for a lifetime, really. Yeah, perfect. Jan Reijer, um, please go ahead. Yeah, I have a question. Um, there's many uh, Dutch companies involved in offshore wind, uh, in promising offshore wind uh, business, in uh, especially in Taiwan. Um, how do you see the threat of China compared to Taiwan? Huh? Because if I read the newspaper, they say we are 
sooner or later uh, uh, taking back uh, Taiwan? Uh, is that a serious threat for uh, Taiwan itself and for Dutch companies? Um, thank you for the question. I think that's a difficult one. I think, well, I can't say no, uh, that it's not going to happen because you see what's happening now in Hong Kong. Yeah? I've been there also many times and people were free and now every, everything's already <laughs> mostly dictated by, by China. Um, Taiwan is, of course, uh, an island on itself, but I think, uh, yeah, it could be because they, of course, are very, uh, yeah, clever and uh, they're also really focusing on, on offshore wind. Correct. Yeah. But difficult one. I would not see or, or can predict what is going to happen. I don't have a, a glass bowl, unfortunately. I'm sorry. Can I say something about it? Of course. Um, yeah, because in a way, the, um, especially also in the government, in, in a way they are clear. Uh, for example, in the dredging sector, they have announced a couple of years ago already that they would, uh, well, let's say that their uh, target is to, to be the number one uh, dredging um, well, nation in the world, um, uh, to be ahead of the Dutch and uh, the, the Belgium, um, um, let's say, dredging companies. So Jan, for, for, for Taiwan, they are very clear that that is how they look at it. Um, they will formulate it in a, um, let's say, um, more conservative way, but their focus is on, on, um, on joining uh, Taiwan in, uh, in China. Um, and they will at the same time always negotiate very strongly uh, and, and, and politely uh, and see how they can have this vision realized and depending on the, the, yeah, the power that is, that is given back in, in other nations so they will uh, readapt or, or, or see how they can still um, yeah, enter that but um, yeah. They will right, not let, they will thank let you. go. Yeah. <laughs> they will not easily let go. No. No. Thank you, Antoinette. Uh, Nini, you also had a, a question? Yeah, I had one question. Now that um, there has been a year without any trade shows, and we have all been stuck at home offices, uh, now when finally things are starting to open up and the shows are starting, let's see, maybe we have uh, at least uh, could be that we will have Cormarine and um, in Asia's shows, Cormarine and Marine Tech and ABM, maybe Sea Japan coming in the next year. Um, which one do you believe that would uh, attract most visitors in a point of view that if the tactic is to select a show, not maybe so much to market related, but the one that gets most um, traffic to meet people and to refresh the uh, connections and um, to find new people, where would you, which one you choose? Do you, for example, believe that um, shows in China will be as successful, Marine Tech China, especially as before? Or will maybe some other shows be more interesting? Good morning, Nina. Yeah. <laughs> Good to see you. Yes, likewise. so long. So long. Last <laughs> yeah. time, last time we were sitting in the bus next to each other in Korea. You remember yeah. when we were yes. going to the dinner? 
Yeah, <laughs> that was a good thought. <laughs> yeah. um, well, I must, must say that it's, it's a very uncertain situation, of course, at the moment. For me, I have about five or six shows at the last four months in, of the year now. But it's still very depending on is it going to happen. I have the IME Indonesia. I have the Sea Asia in Singapore. I have Core Marine in Busan. I have uh, OSEA in Singapore and I have Marintech in Shanghai. Um, I had a conversation last week with uh, the people from Marintech and they say, no, Marintech for sure is going to happen. But I think it will be most locally because for now, China is not, <laughs> you can't enter China because no visa is, is given. And next to that, you still, if you travel, have to stay two weeks in quarantine. So I asked, is that a hotel where you, where I can, I want to go. And then the, the boss said, oh, no, Mion, that's a Chinese hotel. So you will not be happy. I said, okay, so that's two weeks in prison. He said, yeah, something like this. So that's of course also a lot of money. So it makes no sense eh? for us as builder and as, as, as the organizer of a pavilion, you have to fly earlier already. And then you have to take part of, take, take note of the two weeks you have to go in quarantine eh? and then a build up. And then after that, again, when you come home. So it's very uncertain. Core Marine, I talked to them and they say, they maybe give me a final answer in July because many people have not been vaccinated yet. In quarter four is the last vaccination, but in quarter, yeah, quarter four is also the show. So it's also a little bit tricky. I think I rather, go till next year and that means the APM show in Singapore and the OTC Asia in Kuala Lumpur where I'm already busy with that. Uh, some people already uh, submitted. So that's one year from now. I think that's more, uh, well, safe, let's say. Yeah. But we don't know what is going to happen, uh, Nini. And the problem is we can be, be vaccinated or we can have a, a, a health passport. But if Singapore is not opening up, I mean, there's only a green lane by all means, only for the Chinese people, <laughs> for nobody else. There was only for three weeks, uh, the, the, I think for Germany, but they, they have now also more infections, so they closed that down. And still, if you have to travel there, also two weeks in, uh, in quarantine yeah. and, uh, and have uh, also a PCR test. So it's very difficult. It's very uncertain and uh, for me, very strange period. Been yeah. working from home for one year now. Yeah, I was just um, comparing to other industries where now the uh, Arab Emirates is open for exhibitions and they are running more or less normally, but they have a nice system like you can get a, a test free of charge at your hotel and they are designated hotels where you stay okay. and you don't have a quarantine if you come to the show and things like this. So but that's good. It's a rich place and they can do it and more than 50% have already been vaccinated. Yeah. But I was thinking that maybe Singapore will become like uh, Asia's uh, Dubai or Abu Dhabi for shows, but I well, don't know. It's just uh, guessing. I'm, I'm a little bit uh, worried because I, I spoke to one of my friends from Singapore uh, last week and he said, I don't think borders will open before the end of the year. And that was a shock for me, of course, because Singapore is very strict and they are very 
uh, precautions with everything. So they they uh, they rather keep everybody outside who has uh, infections because it's very low there. I spoke to one of my friends yesterday and he said, I can do everything again. I can go to the cinema, I can walk around and we can eat food in at all the, the, the restaurants. So for them, they're back to normal, but only for the Singaporeans. Yeah. So yeah, they, I think I think they'd be very careful not to have any any super spreader events in in uh, in those situations, and um, well, they're islands, so it's very well, easy. It wouldn't be the right word, but it's more convenient for them to to uh, lock down and and be safe. You, you see the same thing for New Zealand, and even the UK is now starting to get better uh, because of this. Uh, also, the also Malaysia. Because last year, at this time, I <laughs> I uh, managed to get the last KLM flight from Kuala Lumpur uh, when I was in Penang holiday. And uh, I, I had, a, of course, I always fly Singapore Airlines. So the guy called me and said, Mian, I can't get you out anymore. So please, please buy a new ticket and manage to get to, to Kuala, Kuala Lumpur and fly out. And I'm happy that I did. Otherwise, I was still still in Malaysia because they extended all the time till now. Eh? So that's one year. So uh, yeah, and did. so it's it's a very difficult situation at the moment. It's very uh, yeah uncertain. That's why we do all these nice uh, Lisa things. Yeah, how is that working out? Um, you do quite a few. Uh, are are you happy with the results so far? I'm quite happy because, um, yeah, every time I have about 20, 21 people in it, and uh, I think the follow-up by uh, a lot of uh, of our members, uh, they they have been contacting the, the person. So I think the the, the guy from Malaysia, <laughs> Nasri, uh, texted me. He said uh, already 15 people uh, connected to me uh, from the 20. So uh, thank you, Mayan. <laughs> and uh, yesterday was also, but uh, it was. It was a very um, difficult session because uh, every time the, the internet connection was gone from uh, from Bangladesh, so that was uh, was a difficult one, but it was a good one. Well, I'm happy to hear that. Uh, is there any other questions for uh, for Mayan? Because otherwise, I still have a question. So, because um, because I'm I'm thinking, Marian, uh, what does the future hold for you? What are you going to do? What, what is your plan uh, for the next years? Well, my plan is uh, to quit uh, with NMT next year in August, because then I'm turning 60. Um, I made this decision a few years ago because my mom passed away. And then, I, then you, you start thinking about different things. So, um, and my dad still has a company called Maritime Consult, and I'm going to do the, take, take over the Maritime Consult and then see what is going to happen. Maybe uh, do some things on project basis or can do some agentships, uh, agents uh, being an agent for some of the companies or, because I'm going to spend my time half in the Netherlands and half in Malaysia in Penang where, where we have an apartment. So, uh, and for me, it's easy, then I can fly to, let's say Vietnam or Singapore or, or Indonesia to, to visit the shows and to connect still with people uh, because that's my strength. I see myself as the bridge builder to connect the Dutch people with the Asian people. So uh, yeah, that's my, uh, that's what I wanted to do. So, uh, but I have to stay healthy and uh, enjoy life. But uh, yeah, looking forward to that. But uh, 
then I've been 17 years with NMT, so uh, and uh, I think uh, nice work. And uh, but for me, uh, I, I want to go on and uh, to do something which I really would like to do and say, okay, now this project I want to do, or that project, no, I skip. Yeah, so enjoy life and uh, fly around the world, go to the F1 if I am going to uh, <laughs> to Singapore or whatever. So uh, enjoy life. Well, if you look at that, um, your your father um, is 89. He's still working. So you almost, you still have like uh, 30 years ahead of you. Um, yeah, but I don't think I will turn 89. I think my dad is a uh, tough one, but uh, he's a tough cookie. But I, I don't think I'm turning 89. So uh, that's why I'm quitting a little bit uh, earlier. So uh, I don't want to work till 70 and I want to enjoy the last, uh, let's say, uh, 10 years uh, still uh, enjoy life and uh, do nice things. So that's uh, how I look at it. Does anyone have any questions for Marjan? No question. I just have something to add. Oh, <laughs> so, go <yeah>. ahead. <laughs> um, like Marianne mentioned in the beginning of her, her talk, um, I met Marianne through uh, our previous job at NHSLs. And I've seen uh, HME change into NMT. And I've well, obviously, I have known Marianne uh, before. And I can honestly say, HME, NMT, NMT wouldn't be where it is today if it wasn't for the Lasset spirit that they bring to each and every trade show, each and every event. They, uh, yeah, they are a very special uh, duo, let me put it in that way. So I'm gonna miss you, Marianne. <laughs> Thanks, <Anne. laughs> but I'm still there. Huh? I'm only going yeah. next year. <laughs> well, time flies. I'm turning time 60. Flies. Uh, Antoinette <laughs> is laughing. I'm going to tell one more story and maybe Antoinette can tell it. You remember Antoinette? When we booked the massage in the hotel in uh, Indonesia and in Surabaya. You can explain, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't me. Oh, no, no. Okay, I can tell. Okay, well, that was so funny. We were uh, there for a trade mission. And uh, Antoinette said, I'm going to do a massage tonight. What do you think? I said, okay, I'm also doing a massage. But maybe it's easier then to book it on one of our rooms. Right? That's not separate. So you just come to my room and... And but of course she is very tall and I'm a very short one. So the two ladies knocked on the door and they said, ah, they only start giggling and uh, well, okay, uh, Antoinette on the one side of the bed, me on the other side of the bed. And then, uh, well, the little one, they already, she already started uh, with my feet. And then the other one said to, to Antoinette, please take off your pants. And then Antoinette was, what? Why should I take off my pants? She's already started and uh, she doesn't have to take off her pants. So <laughs> it was, was quite funny, but it was a nice massage afterwards. And when they left, we had such a good laugh. I still, I, I never forget this. It was uh, very, very uh, funny. Thanks uh, Antoinette for that time, it was good. All those nice uh, uh, trade missions we have done uh, over the years with so many people. I see it as an Asia family. I have mostly the same people with me and if after spending one week together, it's so difficult to say goodbye again because everybody's like family and one goes on to Korea and the other one flies back to the Netherlands and one goes to Singapore. So it's, it's, I'm very proud of all the Dutch equipment supplies, really. I mean, so small, but then such nice projects and uh, I'm really fighting for that. So that's what, I, what I'm still continuing to do. So 
even if I stopped at NMT, I still go to do that under the maritime console. Yeah, I, I cannot imagine uh, the, the the Dutch traveling family without Marjan Lasset. So um, I think for almost everybody within the the, the Netherlands maritime industry. Um, we know that we show up somewhere in Asia and we will always see your happy face behind the counter. Um, so that's, I think, something we can look forward to for for uh, at least another year. And then we will see you in another capacity at those same events. Um, having been a part of the, uh, the, the, the Dutch travelers myself for quite a few years, um, I always feel at home when I uh, see Marjan, uh, whether it be in Singapore, uh, whether it's uh, in uh, Marantech or whether it was in our own uh, short-lived event in uh, Nanjing. Yeah, um, I remember that in a nice yeah. hotel with a nice bar. I always managed to get some good rates for you for the hotel uh, rooms. Of course, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm, we're still going to, uh, to, to give you a call to help us out with that, I'm sure. Um, well, we've actually done the time uh, asking you questions that we were supposed to. Um, I don't know if there's anyone else that is still uh, has this uh, one final uh, question for Marjan. And now will be the time to ask. Um, and if not, uh, I would like to thank Marjan for uh, being a, a, a wonderful guest um, and uh, being open and frank about the future and about the past. Um, and uh, thank you, Moya. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining all. It was good to see you all and uh, very privileged to be here and uh, to tell a little bit about my life. Yeah. But uh, you can always contact me if you have a question or I need any help, then, uh, just let me know. All right. And then uh, I would like to invite everybody for uh, the next Ask Me Anything session that will be next week, the 31st of March. And then uh, we will have Dick Stoppelenburg, General Manager of LTEC in the hot seat. So um, if you have any burning questions for him, uh, please join us at that time. And uh, otherwise we will see you in one of the other events on Lisa. Thank you very much, everybody. Thanks. Doei. Dag allemaal. dag. We invite you to join us in the conversation at the next live session. Ask our guest anything you like, engage with the others and make new connections. It's fun, valuable and free of charge. Check upcoming events in the Lisa Community app, available on iOS and Android. Cheers! <laughs>